0: over the Universal Wide Web the flagship of the NWCZ radio Empire this is the Northwest Convergent Zone show everybody welcome to the Northwest Convergent Zone show Show. it is the 420 Easter edition uh, some of you are just in comas from getting up early, going to church, big ham dinner, you know, potatoes and sugar stuff. Comas. Others are just in a stupor because it's, well, 420. Mm-hmm. So our audience tonight, the kids I'm are guessing they're all in a coma. stupor. Kids are in a I
1: love that it's 420 and, and it's just harmonious with all the candy that's out oh. there today too. Well, have seen The, lineup I, the kids at, better guard it. That's all I'm
2: saying. I think, I think, I think
0: this th- is the first Easter that the lineup at like Taco Bell, Sonic, uh, Carl's <laughs> Jr. were longer than at the buffets at the casino. You know they stayed
3: open just for that. Of course they did. <laughs> and I think Jesus would approve of marijuana.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> official boxy word. There. Hey, I'm, I'm Big D. I'm
3: boxy. Susan
1: and the ladies.
0: I'm on one. Yeah, he's on 420. <laughs> he's 420 <laughs> time, also. This should be interesting. Man.
3: Big time today. This
0: gonna be this will be an interesting show. On everybody.
3: one ounce.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was uh, that was at the beginning of the show. I think we're on about the fifth or sixth ounce. Hey, uh, we have a great show lined up for you uh, later on. Uh, we have a big announcement, so stay through to the end of the show. We'll, we'll drop it on you at the end. People, uh, we have uh, the Lunar Effect. Uh, Earl Thunder is going to drop by. Great blues musician out of Canada, um, Matt Anderson, and a lot, lot more. But first, if you saw the movie uh, Wolf on Wall Street, there was a uh, there was a uh, seminal scene in there where Leonardo DiCaprio is. Has a ton of money in the bedroom, and he and his, his girlfriend, right, on soon one. to become the wife. Yeah, leave as his wife at the wife. time. Wife rolling okay. around, having sex on the money. Gross. Mm. Um, but <laughs> the music that was playing by was is uh, by this group who um, is really making a name for themselves. So they were formerly in the band Dada, although they're not completely broken up; they're just on hiatus. But the new group is called Seven Horse. And uh, they're on the big program today. So let's go with some Seven Horse. A
4: touchdown in Dallas. I gotta make a connection. Left my lover in the magazine store. A big Texas one. Smiling at the counter But just the kind of thing I'm looking for And I'm flying high with no ID And I'm flying high with no ID I got a 7 a.m. flight leaving out of New Orleans to bed from the night before, me and my baby all night long on Frenchman Street. I grabbed the bags, hit it out the door, and I'm flying high with no idea, and I'm flying. Something like this thing happened to me I got a old day sucker from the pharmacy And I'm flying high with no ID And I'm flying high with no ID Well, they pat me down and look me in the eye
3: Trying to identify what's wrong with me Don't they understand? I'm just a simple man
4: All right.
0: That is the band Seven Horse with their new song, Flying High with No ID, which, of course, is appropriate here on 420. And on the line with us is the man. He's uh, he's the drummer with the plan. He's a rock and roll drummer, everybody. Phil Levitt. Uh, I don't want to say formerly with Dada because you guys, you're still together, aren't you? Kind of basically.
5: Uh, hey. Yeah, we're on a hiatus, uh, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, so it's not we'll a it at the moment. no official breakup, but currently no. with seven horse with uh with your big with your buddy uh, Joey Calio and you guys are like a two man wrecking machine. What a great sound <laughs> you guys have created! Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about um, you guys have attitude and swagger with this band, and it seems like it's uh it it's become like a freeing thing for you guys. Tell us a little bit about your approach to it.
5: Well, you know, we wanted to, uh, we had been playing together for a long time uh, in Dada, as you mentioned, and um, we had kind of got to the point though where uh, as a creative kind of entity, as a creative force, uh, Dada really wasn't doing that much. We were out playing, um, you know, a dozen gigs a year in, in, in towns that we uh, had been going to for years and uh, playing the same set for a long time. Um and we really wanted to do something different that had a little more uh energy behind it. because for me, uh as a musician, as an artist, I mean it's uh it's really for me a band to be alive, to be vibrant, has to be creative in a recording studio. And when you lose that when if that's not happening, to me it's it's not really worth going out there and just playing the old stuff over and over again to uh you know, to try to make a little money or whatever. Um, Um, I mean, the band has a devoted fan base that loves the live experience. But for me as an artist, and uh, for Jerry, I think I can speak for him as well, we wanted to do something creative. So uh, we had some time that we actually had uh, booked for Dada uh, uh, in a session that never came off. And um, we uh, had been kicking around some uh, ideas between us about the idea of playing uh, together as a duo with him on slide guitar and, and uh yeah, on the drums of course that's my main instrument so anyway we decided just to go in and uh use the recording time and come up with something and he had sent me this riff um as a sound file via iphone that um all that was attached to it was this uh guitar riff and the title meth lab so so sticker so i took that and um started to mess around with some lyric ideas and we we, uh, convened in this uh, home studio of a good friend of ours named scott gordon and just tried to uh come up with something on the fly and uh, that track that was day two the first day we went in there we recorded something that we've never released and we didn't end up really keeping day two was this song uh the so so sticker and um you know we hadn't really worked on it in rehearsal or we just kind of just did it on the fly and um kind of discovered that for us to have a new original sound after having played together for so long, let's turn everything on its head. So he's the guitar player. I'll sing. I was always kind of the third voice and got, uh occasionally singing. But uh, for this, we decided, well, I'll, just, I'll get out of front a little bit. And uh, it seemed to work. We seemed to catch a, a particular uh, attitude with that sound. And we've been riding on that ever since. And, of course, that song from Methylized Social Sticker is the one that sort of has put us on the map from uh, being in the Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's in uh, uh, that that had to have been uh, kind of surreal to uh, get that call or email or however they contacted you and said they're being you're being considered for a Martin Scors- Scorsese film.
5: Uh, it was uh, it was uh, surreal. I guess is a good word for it. It was you know at first you think uh, is this some kind of a scam? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, do we need to enter a social security number now? And, right. You know what is, is someone in prison in uh, you, you know far away <laughs> Africa that needs us to bail him? I mean what is this? But we you know we checked into it and uh, this was legit obviously and yeah, uh, yeah they were they they uh, just sent an email now how the song ended up in the movie because you know when that happens by the time they reach out to you uh, he's in the editing room cutting the film together and the song's in there so that's why he's looking for permission and then you give permission of course I mean we were thrilled to uh, be involved in a Martin Scorsese movie Um, and then you know you were told uh, all right, well you're not going to hear from me for a while this was the beginning of summer and uh, of the beginning of summer uh, of uh, last year and uh you know if if it stays in we'll be in touch if not you'll never hear from us again have a great summer (laughs) Uh, oh thanks it was a tough it was a tough yeah it was a tough wait you know luckily we were busy though because at this point we were making this record that's about to come out in uh, june we had uh, gone through a whole year of touring we actually went to uh Uh, Dada back out for a 20th anniversary run and put Seven Horse on at the opening act and uh, you know we wanted to expose the existing audience to what we were doing now and we needed to be on the road so this seemed like a a good way to do it Uh, we were extremely busy you know playing two sets two full shows a night uh, on the same two different drum sets you know different uh, different, whole different setup. sure so we did that for about 40 dates and uh, then we came back to L.A. and um, started working on the new record. And then in the middle of that, we heard from Scorsese people. And then by the fall, uh, we got a, a text message one day. Actually, it was right after the last day of recording the uh, new record. We were in Milwaukee for a few days. And uh, we were at the airport, and Joey got a text message from his brother saying, hey, I just saw the trailer for Wolf of Wall Street. You guys sound great in it.
0: Wow. And that's
5: the first we knew. It you know, so- was on Halloween. That's the first we knew we were in the movie.
0: So did you guys? Did you submit your song into it, or did they just discover it? How did the, how no. did, how did it get in their hands?
5: Yeah, we don't know. We, we we have never gotten to the bottom of that. You know, no one offered up that information. We've never spoken to anyone who was really on the creative team. We, what we do know is that uh, Scorsese. Finds a lot of his own music, but he had Robbie Robertson working on the film yeah. and uh, his longtime uh, music supervisor, a guy named Randall Poster. He may have found it, or sometimes, a lot of times, these things, what I found out later is a lot of times these things happen because of, uh, uh, an editor is, is somebody on the team down the food chain a little bit it's just working on something and they dropped this song in that they heard off of youtube or on the radio or whatever sure. and and then it ends up staying in there you know the song got a lot of play on uh on satellite radio didn't get a lot of play on commercial radio what does people work yeah exactly <laughs> and the second you know the song title itself kind of freaked people out <laughs> um so no one understood it you know the whole the whole idea well, it's it about was, a, it's uh,
0: about is isn't it about pretty uh, like a cocky arrogant guy
5: yeah, well, you know, it's kind of like, I love these old blues, like, uh, there's a guy named Mississippi John Hurt, sure. uh, it's a, is a great old country, but he's got a song called Candyman yeah. and it's all this euphemism, you know, for the sexual,
2: uh, prowess,
5: equipment, yes. Yeah. prowess, <laughs> equipment, you know, it's just, it, it's an old standard, it's been done a lot of times. Sure. Um, but I was just kind of feeling that vibe from it and, uh, and so he said, uh, "You know, meth Lab Zosa sticker." I said, "Rolled up in my pocket,"
0: and uh, that's
5: the, we went off and running from there.
0: Uh, that's great. Now you, now um, I know with uh, with Dada, you guys are known for. And, and I saw you, I, I, I saw you guys one year when you rolled through Seattle. But notorious for these long shows. I mean, you guys just must love being up there. How is that translated over into Seven Horse?
5: Yeah, it's a little bit different. I mean, we even Dada had cut it back a little bit on this last time out. I mean, we used to go, you know, three plus hours. Yeah, uh, and that was that was uh, kind of insane. But uh, people like is it.
0: that like your own personal um, weight loss plan as a band or yeah, something? Yeah, like. I mean,
5: you know, <laughs> doing it playing drums for three solid hours is pretty heavy. But uh, no doubt, you know, even Dada last time out was doing like uh, I don't know two hours maybe um, seven horse usually plays for much shorter than that and I don't think our headlining sets are going to be over much over like an hour and ten minutes oh. hour fifteen would be even the outside uh, and I think that's I, for this band I think it's it's right it doesn't require being out there for that long it's more about uh, a shot of adrenaline and uh, and just uh, kicking it out for a you know it's a rock and roll show so it, it, it shouldn't really take that long sure. uh, it's more about uh, it's more about a shot of energy and
2: goodbye yeah, well,
0: that, that's more like it let's talk about uh we're talking with phil levitt he's uh front man for seven horse uh, let's talk about songs for a voodoo wedding that's a uh, wh- hey, what a great uh name for an album and yeah, just uh reading through some scenes th- throw some uh stuff on the internet it sounds like you actually were down in new orleans for a voodoo wedding or a renewal of some vows or something yeah caught yeah, the vibe I had
5: some yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been to New Orleans a bunch of times. You know, we played there uh, way, starting in, back in the 90s and we uh, come through there a lot. And, you know, the thing about being on the road is you never get a chance to really be anywhere. You're right. always playing a gig and then rolling out to the next town. So you've been to a lot of places. You haven't really seen them. Um, so this time uh, I went down to New Orleans with uh, some very close friends of uh, of ours, and uh, my wife and I went with them down there. And uh, there was some controversy about whether or not they were actually legally married, because they had gotten married in Mexico. And uh, the marriage license was uh, questionable. So they decided they're going to go get remarried in New Orleans and and make it a voodoo wedding, just to... Mm. Do something different, and uh, so we went down there together. And uh, the, the ceremony was uh, it was really interesting, and you know, a lot of fun. There was a live snake involved, and uh, wow. people were jumping the broom. I mean, it was pretty traditional Voodoo <laughs> wedding, I guess. Uh, I didn't really know much about it, and then we spent a few days, you know, hanging out in New Orleans, and um, I really got a sense of uh, the vibe down there. Was uh, You know, you hear a lot about it as a musician, too, but uh, just to be down there, I heard so much great music, and I was really inspired by being there. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of these songs came after that trip, and uh, there's a connection to that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to be one of these people who's, uh, you know, any kind of... uh, have any special knowledge about New Orleans or the culture or any of that. I'm not trying to take off on any of that. I was just inspired being down there and... uh, you know, I took some music out of there with me, and I think that's what it's all about. You know, you don't have to know everything about about the history to to be affected by the
2: music.
0: Sure. Oh yeah. No, I I used to I grew up in Houston, and I spent time in New Orleans, and and it's a special place. It's uh. It is. It's almost like in a bubble in the United States. It's its own yeah. thing. Um, exactly. Well,
5: I love I, Houston too. Houston's a great town too. I really, I had a good time down there.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a big city. It's uh it's it's spread out. But uh, if you live there, it's a small town. By you know, it's right. In one of those, it's kind of a weird thing. But um, mm-hmm. now you're, uh you have a song called uh, a friend in weed, and of course today yeah. is four twenty, and, and uh, four twenty. <laughs> it's a celebration of Easter and other things. And <laughs> so tell us tell us about this song.
5: Well, you know, there's a town up on the border of – pretty close to the border of California and Oregon, Uh, right on the Interstate 5 called Weed, California. Now, it's not named after the herb – Uh, it's named after a guy named Abner Weed, who was a a local lumber mill guy. I think is what his background was. And one of the town fathers, I guess. So, uh, but of course the people up there try to make the most of it. I mean, it's really just a stop on the, on the map, you know, with a gas station and not, not a whole lot else. Although I'm sure the people that live there are really
0: proud of it yeah they would um, argue that fact <laughs>
5: yeah they're really friendly folks i mean we spent some time there and uh, we had a great time there we came in there one time and had had a, had a nice time there and we're recording there was a studio up there uh, and we uh, stopped in and, uh made a recording and uh, then we were coming back through there um for uh this festival they were putting on and i was going to say that you know every souvenir in the at the uh, gas station has got a pot leaf on it I mean they're trying to make the most of it and they were doing a, a festival in town called the 4 and 20 Blackbird Festival so we were rolling back into weed and we thought man we really gotta I mean it's such an obvious you know play on words but let's come up with something to, that we can go out there and play tonight right and uh, so we just wrote you know and we had been just just overdosing on classic country music in a van I mean in Merle Haggard and uh, Johnny Cash and, nice You know, uh, Waylon Jennings and um, listening to a lot of Bakersfield country, uh, Buck Owens, you know, all that. So we were just into the country vibe, and uh, so we wanted to write a country song about weed. So we came up with a friend in weed. You know, friend in weed is a friend indeed.
0: Was that Sylvia Massey's studio up there you were recording? Correct, yeah. Yeah. We
5: were up there working at her place for a couple days.
0: Yeah, that's a good spot. I've been there. Um, Yeah. What do you you've been around a while uh you know in the in the biz as they say in the industry the music industry and you've seen lots of changes uh what are your thoughts these days on not just the changing of the music industry the 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 state of like terrestrial radio in general obviously we're an internet station we're doing quite well um but you know, and the reason we exist is because we're tired of what's being pumped out. I'm just curious, from right. an artist perspective, who puts your music out there. You've obviously had success. What's your What's your general take on on the state of of entertainment these days in music?
2: Well,
5: I think there's been, you know, it's a it's a double-edged sword. What's What's taken place here that there the accessibility for artists to have more. Uh, van- Avenues to play their music is great, and the fact that you can kind of be independent and and uh, have some success is also great. I mean, there was, there, that mindset, that even that that idea didn't exist really, um, you know, 25 years ago. Um, you know, we, everyone was reliant so heavily on the record industry to make it happen. Uh, the problem is, of course, is that the market is flooded with uh, there's there's almost too many choices. Uh, I think it's it's almost too accessible um it used to be you'd have to uh, you'd have to have a level of proficiency in what you're doing before yeah. you could go ahead and put your record out you know now it's like any all you need is a computer and the record is out <laughs> um so you know that's good and bad uh, quality i think has a tendency to go down a little bit and, and but the accessibility of it, uh, as far as radio goes, and ra- terrestrial radio is tight. and It's tough to get in there. It's, no. it's you know superstar driven. It record it still is. But it's the last thing the record companies have a, a grip on because they've got the money to pump into the system. Thing about being an independent artist uh, is though that you know nothing is free. Everything it costs money. You got to come find the money. So is it going to be uh, crowdfunding? Um, where are you going to get the money to finance your project? Are you going to try to find partners? I mean, it's it's a business. The, the music business has always been a business, but the artists used to be insulated from it. Now, they you know, boo-hoo. We are we have to take <laughs> care of our own business. I mean, <laughs> nobody feels sorry for you, of course, but yeah. it's just like, join the real world. You know, you used to be a pampered rock star. Those takes are over, except for the... Select. It always was a select few. Now it's even a tinier select few. Right. So for, for guys like me... um you know, it's cool because we're running our own show. And, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to, to uh, you know, the, the music licensing world is so much bigger now. It used to be, you know, you'd be a sellout for licensing your song to a commercial. Now everybody's trying to find one. That's a source of revenue that we can pump back into the project. and
0: Absolutely. You know, get the
5: music out, get the band out on the road. I mean, for us, it's always been about we really want to get out and play. I mean, that's what we're about. Uh, if we are super successful at it, um you know, uh, all I'm trying to do is is play in the major league level. You know, I've uh, I've been I've played on some of the best stages around, and it and it always it's a joy to play music in those kinds of environments. That's where you want to be. At, at, you know, at, at a great theater or a great outdoor venue. Uh, it's not so much about being a superstar or, you know, or even the success of it. Of course, you want that. Of course, you want financial security like everybody else. But the experience of playing music in a great setting for an audience that knows your stuff, you know, it cannot be beat as a musician. And that's just, you know, we're, we're chasing that.
2: Yeah. Everything
5: else that comes from it's a bonus. Um, so I guess that's a roundabout way of answering this question that, uh, you know, the, the industry is that we're, we, at the same time, though we're going back to terrestrial radio. You know, we're, 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 we're trying to get our music played there. We're trying to change the, but we're not trying to fit in. We're trying to change it. Uh, and that's a tough thing to do because they're very re- reluctant to change if they find something that's working boy they want to stick with it <laughs> and here we here we come with something that's a little bit different that we feel that we know is successful because people have responded to it yeah but getting them to give us a chance is pretty tough
0: well that's true and you know like you said uh, artists and everything have had to learn to become businessmen which is not always easy
5: no, it's kind of both sides of your brain, and uh, people aren't really prepared for that. And I, you know, I'm just uh, I'm learning every day about what it is I'm actually doing here, what business I'm in. Uh, you know, we were blissfully ignorant for years, and of course, getting ripped off like crazy.
2: But- right. Yeah. <laughs> we were happy with
0: it. There. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, we're we're talking with Phil Levitt. <clears throat> he is. Uh, he's the the main voice on. The band Seven Horse. They have a CD out right now called Songs for a Voodoo Wedding. You can go to Seven Horse. That's the number seven, and then the word horse. Seven Horse Fans.com. Get yourself a free download. Check out their uh, website, Seven Horse Music.com. They're also on Facebook. They're all over. You can get their yeah. tunes on iTunes. And uh, do you guys have uh, plans for uh, hitting the road here soon? We're going to see you around. Absolutely. We've got.
5: We got some stuff coming up in uh June that I think we're heading uh right around the release time the record comes out uh June 10th and uh I think we're going to be in uh on the East Coast for that and uh then we're planning you know the rest of the summer uh, we're going to be announcing our dates, uh, you know, as they come in pretty soon.
0: Excellent. Well, we will keep uh, keep an eye out for that, and then all of you out there, keep an eye out in your area. When Seven Horse comes to town, you got to be there. Uh, like Phil said, it is it's a hour, little over an hour long shot of adrenaline into your brain and into your body, and uh, it's uh, it's you guys have such a great sound, and it's refreshing because. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff we're hearing on the radio in these days is is all the same, but this is something a little different. It's bluesier, it's, uh, it's reminiscent. Yeah, there's no
5: laptop on stage. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't use a laptop. There are no tracks. Really? No, no other singing is being done except for the people actually in the band. It's two guys, two vocals, guitar drums. I mean, it's not a revolutionary format, no. but... Uh, it's not an easy one to pull off either to try to, to try to make it sound full, and I, I think we got something going that's that's pretty cool right now. We're we're happy
0: anyway. Well, you guys, you guys definitely have it going on, and uh, we're big fans here. And Phil, want to thank you for taking time out on this day to spend with us. Everybody, check them yeah, out. Pleasure. Seven Horse. We're going to go into the song we were talking about uh, just a couple of minutes ago this is I mean, f- can I just
5: say that sure can I just I'm sorry man can I just say that uh, that site for that free download one more time because I want people to get it you bet uh, people listen listen to your show seven horse dot uh, com free download of today's uh, song for 420 a friend in weed
0: yes that's the one we're going to play right here Phil best of luck to you moving forward my friend and stay in touch thanks man here it is a friend in weed one, seven horse two, we'll be back one, on the zone two. well a friend
4: a friend in me. Like a four and twenty girl, give me what I need. Like the first hit in the morning, it sets my mind at ease. A friend in weed is a friend in... Starbucks with a smile. But now I'm broke in San Francisco with a thumb out on the file. But when I get up north, there'll be a friend when I arrive. Well, a friend in weed is a friend indeed. Like a 4 and 20 girl, give me what I need. The first hit in the morning sets my mind at ease. A friend in weed is a friend in
2: me
4: Well, they don't worry about the weather in their town. Even when the sun tried to burn them down, they're gonna gather all together upright keep on getting high all through the night friend
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody, that is the powerhouse vocals and bass of Lisa Mann. She has a brand new CD out, Move On, and that was the track My Man. She's based out of Portland, Oregon, and she is f- fantastic. She's on the phone with us. Lisa, how are you today?
1: I'm good. You're making me blush. <laughs>
0: uh, well, you deserve it because uh, you have a great new CD out. And by the way, guys, very easy on the eyes. I know, I know you're spoken for, but... You look like somebody we would all love to date who might cause us trouble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm... I'm a perfect little angel.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I believe you,
3: Lisa.
1: Me too. Okay. (laughs) You haven't always been, but I am now.
0: Yeah, that's why the last track on this CD is This Bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's an autobiographical tune. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, hey, congratulations on the new CD. I know uh, our blues program on the the station, uh, Mighty Mouth Blues, they've been playing it. And uh, we've been playing it on the station as well. It's fantastic. That's uh,
1: great. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: Tell us, uh, Lisa, a little bit. Let's get some history on you. Uh, I know you've been in the Northwest blues scene for a long time. You have uh, a mantle full of awards and uh, a good following. But th- for those of you out, out there in our audience who aren't familiar with you, get us caught up uh, in the, on the Lisa Mann career.
1: Well, I, uh, you know, I've been playing music. I've been basically a bar musician since I was so young, they made me sit in the kitchen on the breaks. Mm -hmm. So I've always played music. I lived in Seattle for a while and played in uh, hard rock cover bands. I played in top 40 bands. I played in an Irish band, you know, you name it, reggae country, you name it. I've done it all. But it was 1998 that I moved back down here from Seattle and, you know, this is, they call Portland the shuffle side of the river. Yeah. And, you know, you want to work, you better learn some blues. But I fell right into it uh, with uh, Sunny Smokin Hess, started doing some shows with her. And um, I tell you what, it was, it was you know, just like slipping into a comfortable old pair of shoes. I grew up listening to, to Cream and, and Led Zeppelin and Hot Tuna and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, these British bands that that love the blues and they translated it into their own music, their own rock music. So that was already in my bones. So, you know, I just got bit by the bug and have been doing it ever since. And uh, it was 2006 I started uh, my own band and became a band leader and and have been doing it ever since and uh, self-releasing my own CDs and learning the music business. As I go along, and, you know, right now I've got a great band of musicians, Jeff Knudsen on guitar, Michael Ballish on the the drums, Um, Brian Harris has been on keys with us for a while, although he's playing with Curtis Salgado quite often, too. So I've got a great crew, and uh, I couldn't be happier with this new CD. Their performances were just incredible, and they took these songs that were floating around in my brain and helped really bring them to life, so... And the guest stars, too. I mean, I'm just really proud of everybody that worked on the CD and Opal Studios, where it was recorded. So, you know, that's, I don't know, that's me in a nutshell. Been, uh, part of,
2: part <laughs> nice of the, job. Uh, yeah. Cascade Blues Association,
1: gotta love them. They provide a lot of support. It's like one of the, I think it's the biggest blues society in the country.
2: Wow. The
1: Cascade Blues Association. So, you know, it's really nice to get, you know, like you said, that mantle full of awards. Well, at my my husband's expense, because he's a bass player, too. And (laughs) he keeps keeps getting nominated, too. But I just keep beating him. Ah, (laughs) nice.
0: Yes, because if I'm correct, you're in the Cascade Blues Hall of Fame, aren't you?
1: Yeah, that's uh, what what a great honor. It's really a great honor. And they're they're a a really supportive bunch of people.
0: Uh, And speaking of... Other bands that you've been in and so forth. I was doing a little research, came across this band Cry for Eden. You wouldn't happen to know anything about them, would you? (laughs)
2: Yes,
1: yes, yes. See, I have. I also have. see, See, I like I said, I've been in every kind of band. I also have in my from my teenage years a heavy metal background. Yeah. And so you know, I was. I I don't even remember exactly how I connected with this guy James Borst. He's a keyboard player and and a composer. He's basically a kind of a, that neoclassical, hard rock kind of style of music. Um,
0: yeah, was like prog I, I rock. People
1: are familiar with Nightwish and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for a singer. And so he auditioned me for this project and hired me to play bass and to sing on this project. And boy, it was just a wonderful experience. The music is just incredible. And uh, boy, I I feel like I left something. I, I left some wonderful art on this earth because of this guy. So Yeah, if you're uh, proud to be a part of that project.
0: Yeah, if you're really into uh, like progressive rock, um, kind of that uh, um, art metal rock, it, uh, the mm-hmm. band is Cry for Eden. They have an album out called The 11th Hour. Go check it out. I was listening to the tracks that you had on your on the Facebook on the, well, it's your webpage cryforeden.com. Uh mm-hmm. fa- it was really really good. I I enjoyed it. Um, Thank you so, so much. So, you, do you find it? I know the blues can, um, I'm going to be careful how I say this. The blues community <laughs> can be mm-hmm. um, pretty picky about the blues, about who's in. Hey,
6: you're talking about the
1: blues Nazis, aren't you? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> she said it.
0: There Not
2: you. beating about she the
1: bush no <laughs> You know what? Even it's, it's, But the thing is, it's kind of like people who say they don't like country music. Right, and then you play a country song, and they go, "That was a really good song." It's like people, (laughs) as long if you're good at your instrument, you're good at what you do, and you're creative. I mean, yes, there are certain things that are the hallmarks of the blues—sure, shuffle and and you know—and there's more R and B style, like a boogaloo and stuff like that. And you can get a little funky with it—the twelve-bar form, the eight-bar form. There are certain things that are really hallmarks of the blues. But aside from that, it's a really big tent. And, you know, for the most part, most people are pretty forgiving about the six-string bass, for instance.
2: They're forgiving
1: <laughs> about my dalliances <laughs> with hard rock and with Motown and stacks kind of material and stuff like that. Because, I mean, we need to keep this this style of music alive and fresh. And, you know, there's bands like the White Stripes that are doing, you know, just wild things with with the blues, you know, these days, and uh, the black keys. And so it can go all the way from that direction to people like, you know, Nick Moss, Flip Tops, and these cats that really, you know, bring that, have brought that uh, real traditional classic style, like the 44s, and these guys with this greasy sound. So, you know, it really runs the gamut. And, you know, I really don't run into these hardened blues Nazi types that often and when i do i'm able to win them over nice
2: <laughs>
0: yes that's great that's great to hear because that is um uh there is that element out there and but you have it in all genres you know i mean
1: you know you know who's the worst the irish <laughs> <laughs> the irish music nazis they're the worst <laughs> i'm telling you than
0: jazz knobs. Oh wow. <laughs> uh,
1: that's and very, very fussy.
0: Yeah, well uh,
1: like I said, I've played every kind of music there is.
0: Yeah, I've been over there. Yeah. I I know. I've been to their pubs and uh Oh wow. If it's not a certain style, they they they, they will not just oh. only boo you out, that will help you out the door.
2: That's right. Play us our rebel song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let me show you the way. Uh, well, tell us, about, uh, tell us a little more about the new CD, Move On. It's a it's a 12-track CD. Um, where can people mm-hmm. get it? And um, tell us a little bit about the process that went into recording it.
1: Well, you can get it at cdbaby.com slash Lisa Man 4.
0: Probably at a or show, gotta- too, right?
1: At a show, I always have them at the show. Yeah. Hey, I always have them in my car. <laughs> so if you run into me in the in the grocery store and you want to buy a CD, I'll just run out to my car nice. for you. So nice. Nice. You know, I try to make it. Accessible. Where do you shop in Portland? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling my ah. secret where I get my organic produce. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so the CD. It, like I said, it's mostly the really good band that's featured on there with Jeff Knudsen on guitar, Michael Ballish wow. on the drums, Brian Harris on the keys, but also Alex Shikari and Dave Million, of, formerly of the Insomniacs, they were the original members of the really good band. And so I I'm just I just have to feature these guys on my CD. They're just tremendous musicians. They've been on all of my CDs, and uh, so they're featured on a couple of tracks. And Mitch Cashmar plays some incredible harmonica on a couple of tracks. Lilana Steele and Ray Gordon and Richard Arnold did some backups. Uh, Sonny Hess uh, performed on a song that she co-wrote on one of the three covers that's on there is a song Sonny Hess co-wrote with late Paulette Davis. And uh, yeah, I'm just very happy it was recorded at Opal Studios in Portland, Kevin Hahn, the engineer. And uh, I'm just really happy with how everything turned out like I said you know these songs they just roll around in my head for mm-hmm. the most part and I, I don't compose on my instrument for the most part I just compose I listen to the song in my head and how it goes and sometimes I'm very fussy about this part needs to go this way and you need to play this keyboard part exactly <laughs> like this but for the most part those guys are the experts at what they do so I would say hey man here's the parameters Come up with a badass guitar part for it, and Jeff delivers every single
0: time. Nice, always so, that's fantastic. That's why they're not just a really good band; they're the right. The
1: that's, really
3: good band. that's their
0: uh, official uh,
3: name. Her. Come well, down you, tonight, and to you see the you must
0: you must have really a, a great sense of humor because um, I know some of your song titles and and just a lot of things you write about are humor based, which you know in the blues yeah. um, that's. Uh, it's missing in a lot of it. Uh, you have a song called see, a see You Next Tuesday, which not a lot of people would uh, <laughs> put on there. You their... know
1: what I love about doing that song? <laughs> I love, I'll love. i stand and look around at the audience, and I'll get to that chorus, See You Next Tuesday, and I'll look around I'll see who smiles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see who blushes. Who
6: the <laughs> house. Oh, my. Yeah,
0: see who's actually logged in and and listening to the words. Now you have. Uh,
6: knows what it means.
0: Yeah, exactly. See,
6: I'm I'm
3: clueless. I don't know. <laughs> I, really? I, yeah. You Let's guys have no
0: idea. I don't. Let's tell the Put audience. Put them together. See Explain you clearly. next Tuesday. C U N T. Hello. They're still uh, starry eyed. They have no idea. <laughs> oh, oh. We have some.
1: Wait! Ding ding ding! I, I just it just hit me.
0: <laughs> wow i had no idea i had, oh, had such Oh uh,
1: boy sorry i guess i'm more naive than i thought. I know I <laughs> na- <laughs> it was actually my buddy ray gordon came up with an idea she said oh my god somebody should totally write a song called see you next tuesday i said i'm gonna race you because i'm gonna race you <laughs> <laughs> if i beat you i'm gonna record it oh that's so great
2: i beat her.
0: we're talking with lisa Mann. uh she has a new album out it's titled move on uh she's a fantastic blues performer out of portland oregon her website is lisa Mann. that's with two n's m-a-n-n lisa man music.com we'll have the link up on our uh, web page we'll also put it on facebook uh, you should definitely get yourself a copy of this if you love the blues uh, she's fantastic. Now, you are going on a, a little bit of a tour, and uh, yes. we have uh, we have stations all over the country that uh, tune in. Uh, where are you going to be?
1: Well, I'm getting on a plane on Wednesday, and I'm going out to Boston, Massa- Massachusetts, <laughs> to uh, play with my friend Diane Blue. We met at the IBCs a few years ago, and uh, it, we just... I don't know, something hit it, hit off between the two of us, and we've been doing this kind of back and forth where she'll come out here and do some shows with me. I'll go out to her neck of the woods and do some shows with her. We're going to be at Chan's in Moonsocket, Rhode Island on Thursday, the 24th of April, with Lydia Warren, Allison LaSonce, Myanna. Um, let's see, uh, April 25th, we're going to be also with Lydia Warren at Pittman's Freight Room in Laconia, New Hampshire, On the 26th, we're going to be at Black Eyed Sally's in Hartford, Connecticut, and we'll be at Parker Wheeler's Jam at the Grog in Newburyport, Massachusetts, on Sunday, April 27th.
0: Yeah, taking some West Coast blues to the East Coast. That's Uh, right. Show them how it's done.
3: I want to know why Sally's eyes are black. <laughs> you got one of what, who, what? <laughs> Sally's eyes are black, black-eyed Sally. It just struck me black like that's girl. kind of a scary name for a bar.
1: <laughs> you know, it's a really cool bar. It's got great art all over the place. You should just Google Google them. All right, if, you know, do it anywhere near them. Just, it's a gorgeous bar.
0: Yeah, we'll look that yeah. up. Uh, I know we'll you you that. you play uh, all over uh, the Northwest festivals and everything. Mm-hmm what are um what are some of your favorite venues favorite uh you know outlets places to play around here what what strikes you as uh, cool joints?
1: Well, I just played uh uh last night uh an edit James tribute at Jimmy Max in Portland. That's a terrific venue yeah. It was a jazz venue, but he's opened up to more uh uh blues and and other styles of music also highway ninety nine in Seattle mm-hmm. love playing that joint. Um, Diane Blue's actually going to come out here and uh, play with my band at, at the Waterfront Blues Festival, which is—I mean—it's worth traveling cross-country to come. That is to that an amazing
0: place. event. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's a really incredible event, and uh, you know, like I said, I w- really look forward to re- returning to Black Eyed Sally's and places like that in the East Coast. But yeah, there's a lot of great venues here in Portland, Blue Diamond. Uh, uh desk Garage. It's like Portland's juke joint. You know, yeah. there's a place on the west side called the Lairer. They got a big dance floor. You know, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of music going on in Portland. I mean, people are moving here even just to Kevin Self moved here to to play music to play yeah. blues here. <clears throat> nice yeah, booming so scene there. Yeah, for sure. Portland
0: definitely has a booming scene, and you're uh That's right. you're right in the wheelhouse and a big part of it lisa mm-hmm. mann has been our guest you can get her cd on itunes cd baby amazon.com go to a show uh and have a lot of fun and pick a copy up there if you happen to see her shopping tap her on the shoulder she'll, <laughs> run, out. she'll run out to her car <laughs> if you're on the east coast all you east coast listeners head on out get your blues on have some fun uh lisa a pleasure to chat with you thank you for spending this time with us today well thank you. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna go on out with the title track from the C D. This is Move On, Lisa Mann will be back here on the zone. a man right there oh man yeah what a great She's artist great yeah that's awesome. awesome sounds like someone that would be fun to just hang out and have a beer oh with. yes absolutely oh, yeah. and i bet she has some you know stories playing in i wish all we those, could have had her in the studio yeah well maybe rain, when but, she maybe yeah. when she comes around we'll uh we'll work on that so hey yesterday um or if you're listening during the week so saturday last saturday was record store day mm-hmm. and um man they had uh I don't know about your town but here and reports from Seattle and Portland and all over around here there were lines around the block down the street you know 50 60 100 plus long
3: Pissing off all the neighbors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of audiophile geeks out there and you know, geeking out on, uh, you know, oh, I want this record. I want this record. Uh, I had my... Uh, I, I had to work, so I had to, uh, I had to be creative. You had to
3: hire a geek. I did.
0: <laughs> Hired a geek, and um, here's the thing. There was uh, several... Very, very sought after, because everything comes out in limited supply on Record Store Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big ones, probably the big one, was the REM Unplugged, which, of course, was top on my list. Uh, did not get one, so if anybody out there has one and wants to sell it for under $500, which is what it's listed for right now. Oh,
3: my. Wow.
0: Just came out that night. I mean, within probably within a couple of hours of Record Store Day opening, they were already being listed, and 500 wow. was to <laughs> buy it now
3: selling an album for five yeah it's ridiculous but it's not the i mean that has nothing to do with the band right no Pricing they don't it get, that no, way that's these are no, no, just no, everyone no. who has a hold of it and they rolled in hoarding the, it
0: they rolled into the store i don't know i think the probably it was being sold for 90 or 100 because it was a three album uh set mm. so i'm figuring 30 but bucks supply an album. and demand. But yeah, it was, I think there were a thousand maybe that were printed worldwide, wow. you know? Mm. So um, the other one was, um, there was a Ray Parker Jr., a ghost, the Ghostbuster soundtrack, mm. but it was put out on a glow in the dark disc.
3: Uh-huh. So, oh, nice. And
0: to celebrate, I don't know, whatever, the 30th anniversary. Who are you going to call? Yeah. Well, obviously I'm calling somebody because I didn't <laughs> get one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what did you get?
0: I did get, I got the Grateful Dead uh, live double album. I got the... There was a um, limited edition Johnny Cash. It was a reissue of his very first album. And Sweet. It, that was numbered as well. So I got that. I got um, the, they call them seven inches now. I call them 45s of uh, Frank Zappa's uh, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. That was great. Mm.
2: <laughs> and
0: uh, on a local note, real limited supply. I got a copy of the Mud Honey 45, and on the other side, it was a brand-new Sonics song. So nice. all of these are put out Next.
1: special for that day? Only
0: on – they come out okay. on gotcha. Record Store Day, and then once they're gone, that's it. Interesting. They don't – they don't uh, – you know, so it was a cool celebration. It's a nice infusion for local, independent record stores. People come down, and then mo- like most stores, like around here, like Rocket Record had all their used stuff on 30% off. Mm. And so it's a big day. Everybody comes, you know, gets out and goes – so, but the point being is I think every day should be record store day. <laughs> yes. I mean, go, yeah, I se- go celebrate and support your local independent, um, record store, CD, use CD store whatever. Stop going to Walmart. Yeah. Stop going to give
3: it a reason to stay something special.
0: Yeah. Because that's the only, if, once they're gone, it's over. You're not getting this stuff at the big box stores. It's not going to happen. And and then we're all in bad shape because, I mean, iTunes is great for instant stuff. But, you know, I'd much rather have my hands on something. And I think a lot of people would, too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> 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 well, there's that. And uh, that's the end of <laughs> <laughs> our number one. So uh, stick around, everybody. Our number two coming up right now.